to me. Live from Town Hall Brewery here in Minneapolis, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Shots this week are bullet bourbon. Bullet bourbon. Because if you're going to take a bullet to the head, better be a bourbon bullet. I'm thinking about swallowing a bullet all week. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Giddy up. Uh, bullet bourbon is actually one of my favorite bourbons. Um, it's one of the uh, bourbons I actually keep in my house. I use it to make the uh, signature cocktail for my wedding. The uh, Zellberg? The Zellberg, absolutely. Zellberg. Yeah, go, go to the Nomad, get a Zellberg. It's a real thing. It's, it is absolutely a real thing. People it's, listening might not believe it's that. It's on the goddamn menu. It's a real thing. Zellberg being a portmanteau of um, Zeller, which is uh, David Zeller's last name, the person whom you just heard from. And, and uh, Zoidberg. Uh, and Zoidberg, from, yeah. you know, Futurama. Which is the person whom he married. Definitely so. not my wife. Yeah. No, this is quality <laughs> catch-up banter. Love in this part of the uh, podcast. My name is David Martin. I'm the other Dave that you know. We are collectively the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. And we are here to talk a little bit about some soccer. Man, we don't have time for fun this week. We got three goddamn games that happened. Let's fucking dive in, man. Two of them I don't think people care about anymore. I mean, you know, Vancouver happened ages ago. Well, here's the thing. Like, we are the only Minnesota United podcast that's actually going to be talking about the Real Salt Lake game. Yeah. As soon as the Real Salt Lake game is done. Uh, we, cutting-edge journalism happening Fucking here tonight. Hey, we said we w- didn't want to do that, but we're going to do, do that. So here, yeah. let's jump in to uh, What the Hell Just Happened, uh, our weekly sponsor for the What the Hell Just Happened uh, segment of the show, uh, Men's Whorehouse. You're going to like the way we hook. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's really good, David. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so we're going to jump through. Like, basically, we're going to do these. Uh, Tell them what our usual structure is. So u- usual structure is going to be we're going to do best moment of the game, mean uh, – and uh, the other day, we'll tell you about what we're going to like. think that. Worst moment of the game. Most what-the-fuck moment of the game. Uh, official scorecard. We're going to rate the match officials, obviously. Uh, the next Freddy Adu. Star of the game. You know, we want to know who's going to be the next star. The next Freddy Adu. The shittiest player of the game. Because, let's face it, Freddy Adu has not had a great career. Uh, that's going to be sort of the, the structure going forward when we have one game. We're going to plow through each of these segments in for each of the three games. I'm going to probably lead it on the Vancouver game because, uh, or the Portland game because Dave Martin here uh, had familiar responsibilities. Yeah, he had he had <laughs> he has twins. He can't he can't watch all the games apparently. Uh, the, the real problem is that they didn't have a replay, and so yeah, anybody trying to do analysis fair. on the Portland game, if you didn't that's catch fair. it on the fly, you better hope that it was captured in the all highlights. Right. So let's talk about the best moments of the game. Um, let's, let's do all these like in a row. So yeah, I'll talk about my best moment of the game for Vancouver. You do that. We'll do talk about Portland. Talk about RSL. We can do that. And then go to the next segment. Right. Yeah. Cool. Got it. All cool. right. Best moment of the game for me for the Vancouver Whitecaps game, which was uh, last Thursday. Uh, Millennial, uh, Millennials, yeah. Millennials. More made up names from yeah. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials, Olympioco. Um, but most importantly, I think actually, and more important to me, the, the Ibarra setup that caused that. He, he broke that defender down and had an amazing shot. Should have scored. Was unlucky. I, I okay. So that's the most obvious. First of all, it wasn't Olympico because it was an own goal. Frankly, I mean, Bare, I, barely, barely, barely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that that doesn't stand out to me. Although you know, goals are great. Uh, for me, it wasn't as sexy. But honestly, in the 21st minute, there was a great um, uh, Calvo has space to run coming out of the defense. Uh, he's pulling players with him. He exchanges rapidly with Ibarra and uh, Schuler alternately while they work their way up the left. It's the kind of buildup that I want to see. Uh, didn't even lead to a goal, but it's the kind of buildup that actually preview we saw a lot more of against RSL tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Portland match, uh, which I saw and uh, Martin did not see, uh, Kadri's back heel to Johan Venegas for the second goal was fucking brilliant. I saw that in the highlights. This and, attack, yeah, pretty, yeah. this attack for Minnesota is going to be amazing. They have, and they just, and that is not even including Josh Gatt. In the attack, this attack is gonna be really fucking good. 
that uh, Kadri back heel was amazing, and that was like the best moment of the of the match. Um, Josh Gatt is good for one goal this year as an assist as the other players, all 11 of them, stand in horrified misery watching his <laughs> kneecaps explode on the field. And while they're distracted, we might score a goal. That is going to be the extent of his contribution this all year. All right. Well, it's, you know, I'm a little more optimistic about Josh Gatt than you that are. But be. let's talk about the, the most recent game, literally the game that happened. It just uh, happened. 30 minutes ago. Um, RSL. Diving header. Diving header, as Neil Logan would, uh, would be want to cheer like over and over Molino's yeah. diving header he had a diving header there was a diving header in this match <laughs> you like sexy moments you like you like shiny cars oh and yeah <laughs> that's your best moment oh like, I like sexy moments I like I like big swinging dicks I like sexy moments okay um I don't always take the big swinging dicks approach to soccer analysis for me um I think about the best moments for the RSL game um, I'm thinking about examples in the buildup here. Um, what I would say is there was a moment, and again, I know this isn't fun, there was a moment where after about 15 minutes in the beginning of the game of Molino pushing and pushing on the right side, staying to the flank, staying wide, I had predicted this to be a centrally playing team, he cut inside and he had nothing but room to run. And um, I think we're a better team when we do patient buildup up the middle, uh, when we have a high-pressure team like RSL that has forced, forced us tonight into playing, uh, I think, personally a reactionary style. You might end up playing to the outside uh, for valves of, of release. But when he cut to the inside, I'm like, yes, this is what I want. And I think we had great buildups from the, from the middle when we uh, had the time to build them. That, I mean, the other thing, too, not even with a lot of time, but like the, the restart at the very end of regulation or actually not even it was in stoppage time yep when they started the ball uh and it went from i think was saeed to schuler to uh venegas who put it in to tie the game up three three spoiler alert uh three three rsl yeah duh. yeah stop <laughs> listening to this podcast if you don't want to forget. well it's, it's ruined now it's yeah all. there you go um i mean that, that was completely centrally located but also was super counter pressing and definitely like like through the spine of the team, which I think was really good. So. Yeah, I, d I don't want to get because we don't have a section to talk about this, and I don't want to talk about it too much because we got a Toronto game that we want to preview as well, plus the other hijinks we usually get up to. Um, I would say this: um, we did a lot of counterattacking tonight. RSL played a, a high-pressure game. Um, we got good when we took less time on the ball and we started to have the confidence to make one-touch passes. Our passing is still sloppy. We still make passes that uh, give cause to you know clutch the pearls. Um, but when we have the confidence and faith to make a one-touch pass or to, 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 to assume the player is going to be there, net, even when we make a mistake, the net out is we're better for it. Absolutely. Um, so I guess maybe in interest of uh, speeding this up. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, I mean, worst moments of worst the moment. games. Let's put it this way because I, like, I literally have one person as the worst moment of the games <laughs> okay. for two games. Okay. Um, God, I love Ibsen. I love Ibsen, but he makes mental mistakes at the worst possible fucking time. He did it against Portland, um, absolutely gave the ball up um, on a tackle that he probably should not have been dispossessed, uh, dispossessed by, and then he just absolutely just stopped moving. And then this this game, same thing, gave the ball up on – I mean, again, it was like a probably – he was tackled by like three different guys – but he just stopped moving, and he left his defense out to dry, and that, for me, was like the worst moment of the game. I know Ibsen is a quality player. Um, he definitely should be and could be a part of this team, definitely not as a starter, but as someone who comes off the bench, some uh, veteran uh, presence. But, man, he, I, I, don't, I, I was surprised when they signed him, and I'm surprised that he's getting as many minutes as he is. I liked uh, – I mean, this isn't part of a, my scheduled things to talk about. I, I, I liked the signing of Ibsen. I thought – I liked him in an ASL. Um, not at first, but I think I, I warmed to him, and, and he changed, in my opinion, some of his play style, and I started to like it better. Um, I don't think that it's played out well so far, but I don't mind the gamble at um, introducing him. Okay. Yeah, that's my opinion. Do, um, you do you have a worst moment of the game? I, I get a, of the I, games? So, yeah, right. So I got a worst moment from Vancouver, um, and again – it's tactical. It's not sexy. The first 15 minutes of the Vancouver game for Minnesota's defense was hideous. We had players playing out of position. We had center backs that were crossing over with, uh, you know, full backs and, and back and forth. Chased the game entirely. When we were chasing, we, we didn't have an organized flat back line. Not that you always have to have a flat back line, but ours was no shape somehow. Um, 
we eventually found a groove. I think we've continued to find a groove in the defense, um, even though we've allowed more and more goals. Uh, but the shape of the defense was all wrong there, and it uh, I cried bitter tears. Um, for the RSL game tonight, um, it's easy to look at allowing a lot of goals and say that was garbage, but let me tell you this. This is my worst moment, having to watch our right back, Mr. Jermaine Taylor, whom I, I said that sounds that name sounds like a, he should be in a boy band, right? And maybe he should be. I, I, I argue that it, it, Jermaine Taylor is probably like a alderman from the south side of Chicago, but, you know, whatever. Let me, let me save my arguments for Jermaine Taylor for the Freddie Adu Award uh, <laughs> because it blends so, so clearly with my worst moments of the game. So let's, uh, let's keep moving along here. Uh, each time we do what we call a most WTF and uh, for kids, earmuffs, that's the most what-the-fuck moment of the game. Uh, Zeller, start us off with your uh, review of uh, Vancouver, Portland, and uh, RSL. Uh, man, Ibsen. <laughs> Honestly. So it wasn't even just, just bad. It was, like, it was just like what like just giving happened. up. Like, why the fuck are you giving up on a ball that you could repossess or and just leaving your – like, leaving his fucking defenders out to dry? Because this is not happening – for me, this is not happening with Ibsen in the midfield. This is not happening at, at the you know the center line. This is happening at the top of the box where there's attacking players, mm-hmm. and they can turn, and they can pass, and they can shoot. That's led to probably three of the goals that were scored and mm-hmm. probably led to us drawing all these matches was mm-hmm. Ibsen fucking up, just not caring. That's my what-the-fuck moment of the game. It's interesting that because we have kind of a – we're attack-minded, absolutely. It's yeah. a Heath team, and we're built that way, and the players are, are minded that way, that someone like uh, Ibsen, who ends up playing in a bit more of a, a deeper line midf- – he's not Colin Warner, he's not playing D-mid, but he's a deeper midfield compared to many of the midfielders out there. He ends up, in a sort of de facto way, shielding the defense, whether you like it or not, because we end up finding ourselves backtracking when we have so many guys yeah. forward, and he's, they press on the counter. He's playing. He, he's playing in like more of a holding midfielder role. He becomes that because he's we get not put a on holding. Our heels hold, so often. Yeah, he's yeah. not a holding midfielder, and, and that's not. Yeah, and that's that's the problem. I think that that, that was that was. I mean, guess long story short, that's a surprise to me. That sure. like, why was like I, I like Ibsen. I like him a lot. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Never been anything but an amazing dude. Um, but yeah, he's he's in a holding midfielder role, and he's definitely not a holding midfielder even at this point in his career. So. He, he, yeah, he ends up as a holding midfielder. How about, how about you? What was your right. WTF moment um, of so the uh, Van- Vancouver game? Uh, my most what the fuck moment in the pouring rain. All of the because uh, it rains all the time out in Portland. All the Vancouver players' jerseys became translucent, so you could see their carefully sculpted abs and sort of stuff like that. You know, I, not that, that I was paying attention. Very sexy. Very extremely sexy. My it, wife was very intrigued by this. I don't doubt it. I was talking to her the whole yeah, time. Yeah, no, I know. And it became this. And every it seemed like every single Vancouver player had what I can only describe as a blue sports bra on. <laughs> it was this like chesty thing. I don't know if it was like weights and they were trying to work on fitness, but it looked like they're all wearing identical blue sports bras and they started to bleed and their jerseys so they just had this run in blue yeah you get the idea yeah yeah blue, uh, blue tits yeah I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands he gets yeah. the idea yeah. um uh, this my, is not a visual podcast by the way i, I changed my shirts for this podcast yeah. i'm kind of upset um so my most what the fuck moment tonight it uh there wasn't quite as much um what the fuck to dig into here but honestly johan venegas i think getting destroyed on that 50 50 earlier in the game it's preseason go to hell you don't need to be taking people out. He did. He ended up bouncing out. He's okay. He scored that final goal. Is great, but uh, God damn it. Yeah, fuck down. you, RSL. Yeah. We're coming for you, motherfucker. We're coming for you. That's the kind of people and podcasts that we are. <laughs> uh, um, let's, let's move on from wetting the fuck to um, our official scorecard. Uh, rank the officials. Have we gotten a raw deal? Um, um, my, literally, my notes for this uh, are meh, eh, and heh for... Vancouver, Portland, and RSL. That's, that's the right th- opinion Meh. to have of the. And I mean, you're not supposed to ever walk away from a game. That, and say, God damn that! Listen, referee. I was an I, I was an umpire. I, I, I uh, umpired collegiate baseball uh, when I was in college, and the best, like the best glowing most reviews I ever had. Not where when someone came out to me, it's like, oh, he did a great job, did a great job. You know, really excited after a team won. It was like the team that the people that came up to me after they lost, like, did a good job, good job. You know, so I think if you are like basically an average student, you know, B minus and above, other teams That's don't think you did it, don't think you did them dirty. 
that's where you you're should good. be. That's where yeah. you should be. That's where yeah, that's where the referee. No one should, should be, notice so. you. Yeah, you're you're there to make sure that's everybody the plays by the rules and and, and just to facilitate a a, a, a clean game exactly and i think that's where all the referees have been and referees are also in preseason too like let's not forget like referees are also in preseason so yeah there's one kind of questionable holy shit we're at the bar here and a flame just erupted in the kitchen oh goodness that's on the podcast now um there there's one kind of weird call for i see uh, in the vancouver game seemed like simulation but nobody simulated and it wouldn't have behooved them to simulate Anyways, but oh, they ended the, up getting a card the for it. The one, yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. kind of weird. Well, there's, I mean, remember last year uh, when uh, Mitch Hildebrand got called for holding the ball too long in the uh, in the 18 box, and literally was given they they gave away a, a free kick from inside the 18 because Mitch was deemed to help, like hold the ball longer than 20 seconds, which was a really weird thing. There wasn't actually a video of it. It was just like sort of like the Minnesota United Twitter feed was tweeting about it. And everyone was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> Luckily, none of that stuff has happened so far. No, and no, we, have, been good. we have two more games before, uh, before the end of the preseason, so we'll see. But I think the referees so far have been, have been totally fine and good on them. Uh, they, it, that's a really fucking tough job, ma'am. I don't, I don't begrudge those guys at all. You, you come to the Daves I know for an equitable look at refereeing and not for emotional reactions, and that's what you've just got. <laughs> the next, Freddie Adu, our star of the game. Zeller, who is your star of these games? Um, it goes Molino, Venegas, Molino. And I would even maybe throw Venegas in for the second one. Uh, for the third game as well. I mean, Molino, obviously he uh, he was the one who scored the goal, but he was creating a lot of shit in the first game against Vancouver. Uh, get, definitely against Real Salt Lake game, he had a fucking diving header. How is he not the best player, the most, the next all-star? Um, and we know Freddie, uh, Freddie Adu has not played in, in – he's played in some MLS all-star games. Kevin Molino also has been an all-star. He was a ball boy, I think, yeah. at the <laughs> yeah. all-star game. Um, but Kevin Molino definitely knows how to find the back of the net. And so I'm not worried about him. He, the fact that he scored three goals in three games, it's pretty fucking impressive. I'll take that. And Johan Venegas as well. Two goals um, uh, in that Portland game. He came in composed. Uh, he played more as a, as a striker in that game against Portland, which I think uh, that's Weird where lineups that game. Very he was more of like he was yeah he was kind of sitting in that like not quite in the striker role more in the ten role um, but kind of flashing in and out of it which I think was kind of he's like he's gonna like surprise us with some of the stuff that he is uh, tending to do with uh, he's got a lot of uh, striking options or a lot of attacking options so yep those those two guys are my players of the you know Freddie do stars of the games for the last three games how about you um, those are obvious answers uh, we thought they were gonna be the guys who pulled the strings. Um, I had said all preseason that I believed before the games really were happening that Kevin Molino was a better fit um, out on the right, uh, and I, I, I think it's I think it's played out that way. I think he's, he's had a lot of success out there. Uh, I like he, I like that more than having Venegas out on the right, which was what a lot of folks were talking about. And um, Venegas has played more centrally. He's played even on the left side there, and I, th- I think he's better for it. I mean, we saw tonight that uh, I mean, he's positioned perfectly, and they actually get a lot of interchange off of each other. So um, those are obvious players. Specifically, I would say Molino for me stands out in Vancouver, not just because he's scoring goals, but because he was inserting himself into the game. He's going after balls. Uh, you compare him with Saeed, who played that game. Saeed disappeared. I understand he plays a different role, but he was the guy who disappeared in that game. Um, my runner-up in that first game, and I'm not joking, that against Vancouver, and you can laugh. I know we just took shots and stuff, and you're going to think that it's just the, the bullet talking. Uh, Miguel Ibarra. Miguel Ibarra was entirely positionless against Vancouver. Um, in the same way that many of our attacking options became kind of roamers in, in other games, that first game against Vancouver, Ibarra was anywhere. And even though I don't, it, it didn't turn into a goal for him or anything like that, uh, he was pulling players and he was confusing defenses and forcing them to make tough choices on who am I going to cover, this guy or that guy. Um, I, I, liked, not, I liked the strategy. I'm not going to laugh because Ibarra, um, but for Molino's goal, Ibarra would, would have been my player of the match for sure. the Vancouver. Here's the, here's the thing with Ibarra and Molino, and pretty much all of the people who are, have been that he's put on – in their in the front line is that they're all rotating like Ibarra started off on the left and ended up on the right the, and Ibarra was the one who created the goal for Molino or created the chance for Molino 
Molino and Abara were on the same side when Abara made that shot. Abara made that shot from the left hand side where Molino was, and so from a I fitness think, standpoint, I think Ibarra seems readier. He's than way anybody. yes, yeah. he's absolutely ready to go, which yep. it just is is great considering that he didn't get a lot of run out with Club Leon. Fuck you, Club Leon, FYI. Um, but yeah, no, I think Ibarra's ready to go, man. That yep. that kid that kid's gonna make some shit happen. Um, he's shorter than I am. <laughs> That kid's gonna make some shit happen, so I'm really excited about that. So, um, how about we talk about the uh, the next Freddie Adu, the, the next Freddie players player. of the game? Yeah, um, I don't really want to throw anyone under the bus here, other than Ibsen, because fuck, <laughs> fucking okay. Ibsen. Um, I mean, I guess the one, the other one person I would say, uh, and it was mostly in that Vancouver, like Vancouver game, that um, Albage the. Our new keeper. That was. I mean, that was literally his first his first match. I so, man, go, goalkeepers are. It's hard to judge a goalkeeper accurately because you got you got to know the the footwork and the ins and outs of what they do. If they allow goals, it looks bad, and then if they don't, they look like heroes. You know, it's, it's um. Yeah, but know. you. But I mean, I don't know. You and I are Liverpool fans. We've seen a lot of really shitty goalkeepers. A lot yeah. of really good goalkeepers. Sure. And I think he did. I mean, just in that Vancouver match, I'm only saying in the Vancouver match, okay. he did. He that the goal that Vancouver scored to uh, level the level the score in like the 88th minute or whatever, 87th minute, was he just? I don't think he covered the left corner of his of his uh, goal very well. And okay. I mean, it, it there was it's probably you know it I must have been really bad for you to not just shove Ibsen into that role. For I, the you know Vancouver what? Game. Weirdly enough, yeah, I, I looked at it again and again and again. I didn't see Ibsen there anywhere. So, but otherwise, Ibsen was generally the Ibsen, person that was but like. But Ibsen made God, the Portland the Portland person. shittiest. Player he did, ever. he did, and then again in RSL, he you know against this afternoon or this evening, he was the one who caused the the tying goal. I wish I wish you all could see the uh, the podcast notes that I'm looking at because. <laughs> like I try Seriously, to write, I try to write these the cleanly prepared Ibsen. notes, and David just writes stuff like "fuck Ibsen," uh, "Alboja is Jesus," uh, like that's that's Dave's notes, and then I other mean, Dave's. To be, yeah, to be say, to be fair, uh, Alboja uh, quit himself very well against Portland. I think neither of those goals that were scored were on him. Um, McLean, uh, diehard, uh, did well today. I don't think any of the goals were actually on diehard. Um, and that's shout out to you, Colin Silver, because we're gonna have that discussion later. You got me thinking about Alan Rickman now. No, I'm sad. <laughs> well, who was your Freddie Adu, the shittiest player of the game award? My, right, my shittiest Freddie. So, um, oh my god. So, I didn't see the Vancouver game live per se. I watched it on replay because I'm a grown adult and I make a lot of money and I do um, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, so I didn't get to watch it live, but what I did do is watch it on replay, and having saw all the Twitter comments, I said, wow, people are really hard on Jermaine Taylor. They're saying that he's, you know, he's not, he's, he's got, he's more than preseason unfit. He's just heavy in the legs and heavy with the touch, and I said, god damn it, no, I'm coming in with a clean mind. I don't want to listen to what Twitter says. I, I pride myself on having my own opinion, and I watched it. Can I? Let, let me tell, no, no, you can, can't. Can I, can you I just can't. leave? Can I leave for like? 20 for, seconds, so I need, to, I need to go to the bathroom. You, can you do your Jermaine Taylor rant? I'll leave right now. <laughs> Jermaine go Taylor ahead, do is your, doing yeah. so bad that it makes me believe he's probably also a bad person. And I don't think there's actually a correlation between those things, but watching him perform at the level he's performing at makes me wonder whether he performs at that level in other aspects of his life, like being a decent human being. I don't believe that a person who plays right back in the way that he plays right back can also go home and kiss his wife and kids goodnight and not be a, a person just running a household into the ground. He's bad. He's bad. He is heavy on the touch. He's heavy on the legs. Every pass goes into the open legs of a defender. I, He's wildly out of position sometimes. I watched him running around the field like a goddamn kindergarten game where everybody just chases whoever has the ball and then scramble back and obviously not make it on time to get back on defense. Consistently poor each time I've watched him, and I cannot believe that he continues at this point to get starting time over Viva Venegas. You zip up, you just got back from the bathroom. Whoa. That was aggressive, man. He needs to go to church and repent. All right. 
good to know. Um, I don't even want to pretend to offer another counter argument to Jermaine Taylor. I, I'm not opposed to Jermaine Taylor as a backup. I mean, we that's certainly, we definitely thrilling need. Phrase. That's a thrilling. That's I'm, a, not, I'm yeah, not opposed to him. A, as a ringing backup. endorsement <laughs> of Jermaine Taylor. Um, but most importantly, like I think we def we need we need some depth on fullback. Obviously, you've been a you've been a Minnesota United fan for a long time. I've been a Minnesota United fan for a long time. Um, the last two years, how much fullback depth have we had? Absolutely zero. At least Jermaine Taylor is he's not a fucking stone at right back. He which is, is a stone at right back. Uh, I I 100% disagree with you there. Here's the problem. So I w- looked away from the game, and I looked back, and I saw Jermaine Taylor, and I turned to stone. That's a concern I have. Well, that's because Jermaine Taylor's Medusa, and that's on you. That's a that's a that's a that's a Greek reference there. I think yeah. <laughs> oh, what's Medusa, David? For Christ's sake! All wow. right, so all right, moving beyond that. Yeah, we're we, done. We I'm done move, because we, we could talk um, for hours about Jermaine Taylor. So I have a, I have a really it's a really fun really fun fact God, uh, courtesy of my so. wife actually. Uh, who came in watched the games with us here, or the game with us at Real Salt Lake. Your wife's a fun little fact. She is a fun little fact. She's the greatest fun I'm little not fact great with innuendo. ever. And I love you, Anna, and you're the best, and nothing I say here is real. <laughs> but she mentioned uh, if you throw out the New England – or, sorry, you don't, th- you don't throw out the New England Revolution one. You throw out the uh, stupid Croatian team that we played against. Um, <laughs> That <laughs> against MLS teams, here's here's our, here's our results: one one against the Revolution, one one against Whitecaps, two two against Portland Timbers, three three against Real Salt Lake. Yes. All right. You know what that means? That's the Fibonacci Fibonacci sequence, motherfucker. Well, so you know what? Fibonacci sequence. Yeah, Fibonacci sequence. So, next match against Toronto coming up, 5-5. Five, five. So, so if hold we, on to your butts, Toronto, is basically what I'm saying. So, if we arbitrarily throw out the Croatian game just because it was all Croatia-y. Yeah, more or less. Fibonacci was one of the worst center backs ever, if I'm understanding correctly what you're talking about. Uh... I think actually Fibonacci was probably like an all-time great, like right back. Yeah. Like that dude just kicked it in and just kicked it in. He could cross like a motherfucker. Well, everybody I is mean, Galileo, Fibonacci right now. Yeah, Galileo was more of like more of like an attacking mid, but Fibonacci was like a right back. He just did the shit. He just got the shit done. Fascinating fact from David Zeller. Uh, let's move on to a feature that we like to call Say What's in This Drink. Say what's in this drink. What's in this drink? This week's sponsored by Bullet Bourbon. If you're going to kill yourself, you might as well swallow a bullet. Bullet Bourbon. <laughs> we, uh, you, we put that together before we actually even drank well, I didn't bullet. know you were going to buy me some yeah, bullet, bullet goddamn. Yeah. yeah, you made me blow my joke. Yeah, there you go. Um, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking the Town Hall Brewery Masala Mama. Which is a... Uh, That's what I'm drinking. Oh, we're drinking the both? Same thing. It's I thought it was called the Mufasa. No, it's... When it's, I first saw no, it's, <laughs> it's Masala. Um, Town Hall Brewery and all the Town Hall locations. You should actually come to Town Hall as much as you possibly can for this drink. Uh, it's Do bitter, civic duty. but balanced. Brewed with seven varieties of American hops. It's an India Pale Ale. 6.4% abbreviation. You can get it with uh, the Nitro... <laughs> At some locations, not not uh, Town Hall Brewery, I don't God think. Damn, and let me tell you, but you can taste the nitrogen. At Town Hall there. Lanes or Town Hall Tap, I think you probably could get it with the uh, nitro. It's a brief, uh, it's a brief booze segment because I'm drinking the damn same thing, uh, and you stole my tasting notes, which came directly from the menu. So um, <laughs> that has been say what's in this drink. What's in this drink? We should do like a um, radio weather jingle. Like, hey, <laughs> 101.2 weather. Fair. <laughs> Everybody in the bar is looking at us. Yeah. All right, let's move on to something that we like to call Feud of the Week. This week, sponsored by Bread Bowl Leipzig. Bread Bowl gives you wings. Uh, this week, we are going to pick out We Call It Soccer, the podcast that we want to target here. God damn it, guys. Seriously, we call it soccer. 
First of all, what no, we don't. Yeah. No. Some of us call it football. That is kind of the point. We call it football. You call it soccer because you're appealing to the lowest common denominator. You know, whenever I see, and I actually told him this, whenever I see Caleb Olson's name online, I always think his name is Kale Bolson. Like his first name is Kale. Because it, it, he spells it weird. He spells it incorrectly. With a yeah. K. Yeah. Yes. Like a child. Yeah. Yeah. What's 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 up with that? And Notch, Kale Bull. Notch is so lazy, he usually doesn't even spell his whole first name. That's He just calls himself Notch. 100% true. It's 100% true. Uh, 100% true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of like uh, Kale Bull because... Uh, Kale. Yeah. His name is Kale. Yeah, Kale Bull. Bolson. Kale Bull. Um, because he's a Liverpool fan. Um, but fuck Colin. Fuck that motherfucker. There's only there, can, there can only be one Colin fan of Minnesota United, and that's yeah, Colin the Silver. one who spells his name incorrectly because Colin spells his name correctly. Correct. Um, but he's also a stupid fucking. I don't. I, I always lose pay attention. I forgot to pay attention. I know Caleb is a Liverpool fan. Notch doesn't have a, a EPL team. I think Colin is a. Chelsea fan? I don't know. You just made that up. Yeah, probably. But yeah, mostly fuck that guy. He's not a Liverpool fan. Fuck that guy. Uh, Lastly, we're going to conclude on uh, a quick dig at the content of We Call It Soccer. Yeah, let's do it. I don't have... What have they done? They're pretty good. Hey, did they... Are they they going to... Are sound effects? Fuck those sound effects. Yeah, well... You know, like the loon thing? I can't make a good loon. Yeah, they they do this thing where they do uh, conspiracy theories. It's like Breitbart soccer. Yeah. We call it soccer. It's basically Breitbart soccer. All right. So. That has been Fuck These Guys this week. Fuck Brought you, we you call it soccer. Bread Bowl Leipzig. Bread Bowl gives you wings. Let's move on to a segment that we like to call because we couldn't think of any other name for it because it's through super boring Other United News. This week sponsored by Sling TV. Why pay for hundreds of channels you'll never watch when you can pay for dozens of channels you'll never watch? Sling TV. All right. First news item. Bobby effing Shuttleworth. <laughs> Colin Solberg, turn your volumes up. <laughs> Guys, we're breaking fucking news. We're, we're the first Minnesota United podcast to talk about Bobby fucking <laughs> we Shuttleworth. Have, we have different different opinions of what oh, breaking I'm news so, is. <laughs> like, I'm, I, w- I really I just want to fillet this microphone with the news of Bobby fucking Shuttleworth. Do you like Bobby Shuttleworth? I love Bobby Shuttleworth, Colin. This is directly out to Colin Solberg. <laughs> this, this used to be analysis. Oh. Now it's just us picking on one one. Oh listener. my god, it's amazing. I mean, Die Hard led in two goals. How many goals has Bobby Shuttleworth led in for us? Just saying, Colin Solberg, tweet at us, bitch. All right, things are going <laughs> downhill quickly. Right. Here's here's my here's my honest opinion of this trade. So so the trade we're talking about uh, uh, today, the Minnesota uh, United. Uh, the Uniteds, uh, they acquired um, Bobby Shuttleworth in goal uh, at the price of Femi Hollinger Jansen, who was a person we acquired in the uh, expansion draft, made a, a, a swap fr- straight. From up. the same team. From the same team. They're yeah, on the same we, team. We they were on the we, same we team. We dealt Femi back for the expansion draft. Bobby yeah. Shuttleworth. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Shuttleworth was actually available in the expansion draft. So yeah. the circumstances of this all feel super weird. Here's my opinion of it. First of all, I like Bobby Shuttleworth as a player on our team better than Femi. And I love Femi. Femi's great. Uh, the, here's the deal with Femi. With Femi, you get you get a prospect. You get a project. His ceiling is high, but you have to work him to acquire that ceiling. And when you're doing that, you you necessarily are doing it at the expense of a guy like Abu Dunladi, who also needs the time to hit the ceiling that we think he can have. Honestly, yeah. Christian Ramirez, we don't know where his ceiling is, but he's a guy that we uh, – obviously a fan favorite who needs the time to see what he can do at MLS. You're going to deprive one of those guys or some of those guys evenly of time yeah. with a guy like Femi. He's surplus to requirements. That said, I think that Shuttleworth is absolutely an upgrade at backup goalkeeper. I don't think he's a starter. I think he's a backup, but he's seen significant starting time, and we saw tonight, honestly – John McClain and I love you, man. You saved the Takashomi Plaza or whatever the fuck it was called. Um, yeah, said, We saw tonight him kicking balls out of bounds, and we saw him honestly coming off his line when he didn't need to, things like that. I, I, this, is a, this is a help us now move. 
and I don't think we had the ability to help Femi become the player he could be in the long term. So here's the thing. Was it? Would you shush me, or were you about to start? I was about to start talking. Start, 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 start oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Shuttlecock, um, or Bobby Badminton, as I'm calling Shuttlecock. him. Shuttlecock. No, Bob, Bob, no, Bobby Badminton. There you go. Um, he, he can step in, as you said, step as in starter, right anytime. away. Yep. Um, as soon as uh, – oh, I'm just doing that. I'm trying to do as much Swedish as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, as soon as Alboja. 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 Yeah. Alboja. Okay. So, Shuttlecock, uh, Bobby Badminton, can step in um, anytime he needs to for Alboja. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't I – mean, I, I think McLean probably will just get sent out on loan. And I think he, he will be a – a contributed member of this well, team in, the, in a year or the so. The counter-argument is that you could have sent Femi out on loan. Still retain well, his – you give him the minutes and then you, – You can only do so much with, uh, with, a, with a striker like that. Like, you send out – you can send out a goalkeeper on loan. You can say, we need this goalkeeper played regularly. Um, you can say – you can send out a striker on loan, and if it's a team that's playing for something, they're – they're going to play their players that are playing well. They don't necessarily have to like play the player that you mm-hmm. send to them. Like if you send out a, a keeper um, and we, have, we also have the keeper that we drafted too. Um, so it's, it's very possible like that you have, we're going to have probably four keepers on our roster. At the, yeah. At this point. And yeah, so. But, but Shuttleworth e- is an upgrade over it's McClain. It's a lot easier to send out a keeper yeah. that, that you can guarantee playing time to than sure. a striker. Because strikers go in and out of, you know, in and out of form and all that. So mm-hmm. it's like it's much easier to send out a keeper because keepers don't necessarily go in and out of form as much as sure. strikers do. So you know, it's it's you could, yeah you definitely could have sent Femi out to like Indianapolis or someplace, um, but that doesn't guarantee that they're going to get playing time. So I'm I mean I'm fine with this move. I yeah. I like Bobby Shuttleworth. I think I thought we should have drafted him like once. <laughs> we got a second swipe at him, right? You know. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wonder if kids, they, I wonder if they good. didn't think that something was going to play out that didn't. You know, they get Femi yet because they didn't know that they were going to get, and I'm just Ramirez or Dunlady or something like that. They got him not not being certain that they would get those other characters. Um, maybe there were goalkeeper moves that they thought were could you know uh, pull off that they didn't end up pulling off, and now they felt like they wanted Shuttleworth. In brief, I you know my two comments are this: if uh, Ramirez is injured. Or if Dunlady is injured, we're not fucked. Uh, if Alvboja is injured without Shuttleworth, we're fucked. Yeah, 100% so, um, agree. So yeah. I, I think that that 100% is a agree. My last comment is this. We had a semi for Femi, but we've got a throbby for Bobby. Yeah. Everyone in this bar is laughing right now. Hashtag throbby for Bobby. God. Fucking tweet that shit out, Bobby, motherfuckers. Bobby Shuttleworth. <laughs> Robbie, he would be or so, Bobby. He would be so happy to find out that Robbie. Uh, I haven't even followed him on uh, Twitter yet. I need to probably do that. Yeah, Bobby Shuttlecock. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the other. Uh, that literally, that yeah, there was other shit news. Yeah. Literally <laughs> happened like, as I'm on my on the train uh, to town hall here, and I literally had to write in. I wrote in the notes. Bobby fucking Shuttleworth. Uh, did, we actually, I'm looking we, at the notes. Yeah. We signed uh, Josh Gatt officially. Um, I thought that when I first heard Josh Gad, I was thinking about Josh Gad, who did the voice of the snowman from Frozen, and I thought, wow, they're really oh, rounding up that Scandinavia thing. That's where you thing. know him from? Yeah, Josh Gad. Oh, yeah, he's from the Book of Mormon. He's also from that, yeah. yeah. But he also did, but I have kids, and I've seen, Fro- I've seen Frozen thousands of times because I have three-year-old children. So for me, he's the voice of Olaf the Snowman, and I thought, wow, they're really nailing that Scandinavian shit <laughs> by signing the snowman. <laughs> I mean, and they were really nailing that Scandinavian ship by signing the snowman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, we, we signed Josh Gad. I have already given my opinion that, you know, Josh Gad is nothing but injury prone so far in his career, and that's too bad. Don't get me wrong. By, by being uh, dismissive of him, I am not intending any slight. Josh Gad has had a ton of talent. He's played U.S. national team, and for good reason. That said, I feel for him the same way I felt for Stu Holden, that every time something happened to Stu Holden, I just wanted to cry for him. I just wanted to reach out and hug the poor man. All this talent that is just wrapped up in these injuries that he can't always control. That's where Josh Gad is at. And I think that for a team that's invested so much in prospects, in youth, in uh, potential 
taking on a risk like this is out of character, and I think it's going to bite him. Do you know how old Joshua Gad is? He's 25 years old. Yeah. How old are you? But he's a risk. How old are you? Don't even ask that. Too old. Too old. You're not that Listen, old. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's not old. He's, he's, he's too old to, to reach so my, some my whole point. My, my whole point with this conversation was that uh, Joshua Gett, who I love and would love for you to come on to our podcast uh, he's anytime. He's listening, yeah. Uh, you def- you're, yeah. Of course he's definitely listening. It's at Joshua Gett uh, on Twitter. Um, I love you. I think you're amazing. I can't wait for you to just fucking shred MLS defenders. I can't wait for him to shred his own knees. Dude. Come no, I don't on. want I don't want it to happen, but it, Don't it, say that shit, his man. His knees are made of porcelain. That's not his fault. I feel bad for him. He didn't ask for these knees, but Well, can we hope the be- for the best for our our man? We're all hoping for the best. All right, all uh, extra right. news. We've got a jersey drop. No one has been more critical of the lack of jersey than uh, Offensive Loons fan uh, who has tweeted a number of alternate jerseys, including a picture of himself topless, uh, anticipating we're going to be playing shirts versus skins at one point. We are ostensibly going to have an actual uh, jersey drop here on Friday. There's an event. Please, God, show up. I'm too busy. I'm extremely important. but I'll uh, be there. I assume you're going to be there. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Come find so, me. Uh, so in, in 10 seconds, what do you want from a jersey? I mean, if you can even it's – an, it's a visual aesthetic thing, but what do you want to see from a jersey? Uh, something that covers our boys' skins, I guess. I don't know. All right. you. This has been the Daves I know. Um, I, honestly, I so we've seen a lot of electric blue from the kits that they've the, the training kits and stuff. I expect we're gonna end up seeing. Yeah, he's he's sporting a, an away jersey from the NASL days, kind of a powdery blue, yeah. maybe a corn flower. Power, I powder guess. blue, powder blue would be a good one, I think. <laughs> right, but that's not the blue that we're going with here. No, it's gonna be black. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be dark for sure. Uh, I'd li- I'd like to see a strong infusion of that blue. I kind of like it. The biggest thing for me is I would love to see the retention of the feathers. Uh, stylistically on the jersey. I not don't happening. Know, don't know year. if we're going to see it. It's nope, Adidas. Not happening this year. We're going to see I it. Care, I guarantee you it's not happening this we're gonna year. We're going to see the three stripes on the shoulder yep. and shit. And that's unfortunate because the Loons, some people actually didn't like the Loons jerseys. Whatever. To me, at the, ver- at the very least, they were some of the most unique, standout-ish. You immediately know what team you're seeing when you see them jerseys. I loved that quality about them. I fear we're going to lose that. If they reveal some feathered jerseys, Adidas, who is also listening to this podcast, listen up. If you do that, I'm buying one. There's no doubt about it. Adidas, you're on point. Last bit of news for us. We've talked about some of the transactions and some of the other news we have, but um, single-game tickets are on sale. Goodness Good. gracious. Yeah. Uh, Good. Late in, late in the time. game. Yeah. I don't, know what, I don't know what we're waiting for. I've been critical about uh, some of how uh, um, – the front office moves, not from personnel from uh, on the field have gone, but from the marketing standpoint and stuff like that. We started to see some movement since our last podcast. Thank God. Wonderful. I'm excited about that, but still pretty late in the game. Um, there has been uh, radio ads on KFAN. I haven't heard any specifically, although I don't listen to KFAN all that much, but it, I have friends who've listened, who listen to KFAN on a regular that there's ads for Minnesota United on KFAN. They have not yet announced who their radio broadcasters are, or who their TV broadcasters are, which the season's is, only like two weeks away. Why would you want to have that lined two up? Two weeks away. So I don't know how you're going to watch. Uh, I mean, I guess you can order MLS live. It's like $65 for the year, which I, and right now it technically it's like all the Minnesota United broadcasts are not, they're not, not blacked out, blacked out at all. So that's another piece of news that we've just broken. <laughs> because we said it at all. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, no blackouts. <laughs> no blackouts on MLS Live for Minnesota except for United except for national right games. Except for national. Yeah, games. for except the national games. But um, I mean, I guess if, if Minnesota United gets a uh, a regular, uh, you know, FSN type broadcaster, they may black those out. But as of right now, you can get MLS Live for like sixty five bucks and not worry about uh, watching MLS matches. Uh, let's, let's, all right, let's jump in. Dude, we got to jump into the Scouser half minute. Uh, can you do the sponsor? I can't do it with a fit straight face. <laughs> you don't like mine. No, I do not. <laughs> you, I do not. You can tell who writes all the commercials for this. This, w- 
We'll edit yeah. this out. All right. No, it's fine. No, keep it keep it in, man. All right. The, sc- the Scouts are half minute this week brought to you by Standard Chartered. Shed those pounds with a new line of credit from Standard Chartered. So. <laughs> <laughs> you fucker. God damn it. So, so Liverpool. The, if Liverpool played Minnesota United, they would lose by four goals. There's no doubt yes, about that. 100%. If they played Barcelona... Barcelona would they have would, to apologize to its fans. Yeah, they would win three to one or four to one easily. Um, this team, <sighs> this fucking team. That's it's easy to see why I'm a Minnesota fan and a Liverpool <laughs> fan because fucking this team. fucking team, man. This team plays up to its competition so, so much and so well. Like not even so much. It's so they play up to the competition so well. It just blows my fucking mind that they can't beat fucking Hall. Swansea, yeah. Fucking Burnley. Fucking Swansea. Um, is there an arrogance to that? Is it, is it because... No, um, I don't... I don't. Listen, I I like Klopp. I've been, I've been following Klopp since he was at Dortmund. I thought Klopp was like the next guy. My wife has a crush on him. She looks at him as like he's, he's fantastic. A, he's in very a, handsome. He's in a very attractive Very man. handsome yeah. man. Yeah. Your, your wife would probably be better with him than you. I don't doubt but, it, yeah. Um, but the guy is amazing at like motivating men. You know, sure. You're not. <laughs> Am I supposed to give you commentary? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. he's yeah. No, you know, he's absolutely. fantastic at it. Yeah. Um, but like literally, like, um, Liverpool's uh, title aspirations are done. Uh, what about their top four aspirations? Agreed. What do you think? Uh I, I mean, I, I don't think they're done. I think they're top four. Um, I think it. I think it goes Chelsea, Tottenham. Nobody exactly racing for that second spot at this point, really. Yeah. It goes Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, City. City fifth. Yeah. City fourth. You just said. City oh fifth. shit! Chelsea, Liverpool. No, sorry, Chelsea. Tottenham, Liverpool, City. Did you tell um, Anna that you thought City would be fifth? No, I said Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, City. <laughs> That's City's okay. fourth, motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think Arsenal and Man U. I mean, Arsenal's Arsenal's a fucking train wreck, man. Yeah. Man U. I think. I mean, they they've like won like what like. 17 of their last 18 matches and are still in sixth place. Like, I don't think Man U's figuring it out. <clears throat> sure. I think Arsenal's going to fall down. Hopefully, City comes up not at the expense of Liverpool because I like um, I like my marriage. <laughs> so, this has been the Scouser Half Minute turned into three minutes brought to you by Dave Zeller's Marriage. Trying to salvage that shit. Dave Zeller's Marriage. All right, it's time for a segment we like to call Tactical Schmactical, which is where we look forward to the next game. Unfortunately, this week, you've gotten cutting-edge insight into RSL's game that happened just tonight, moments before we started recording. Unfortunately, that also means that you're not going to get any Toronto shit uh, for another week, and we're going to give you a super early uh, preview of it, and that's where we're going to launch right now. So, starting off, Mr. Zeller, who's good? Who's good in Toronto? Uh, I mean, there's... Like three players that are good in Toronto, <laughs> maybe four. Very negative. Uh, Josie Altidore, Michael Bradley, and Sebastian Giovinco. You read a list of their DPs. That's really original. I know, right? Uh, I mean, like I also like Stephen Bettishore, but that's just me. Um, I mean, obviously Josie Altidore, Michael Bradley, both longtime national player, national team players, and European rejects. So there's that. Jesus. Son. Yeah, they're playing. They're they're gonna. Uh, Minnesota United's playing. Bob Toronto. Bradley's a European reject too. Yeah. Well. Runs in the family. Runs in the family, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Giovinco, also a European reject, because in spite of like winning the scoring record, he could not get a fucking call up to uh, the Italy team. Um, this is an opportunity for me to rant about Antonio Conte, but I'm just gonna say. Chivinko, Bradley, Altidore, European rejects. <laughs> That's a really good tactical look there. <laughs> um, so, so you mentioned the obvious players. So 
you know, I, I think what, what we see from Toronto and, and what I think we're going to see is the same kind of 3-5-2 um, lineup that they saw in the playoffs last year. It worked for them in the playoffs. They really kicked it into high gear on that. And I think given the players that they have, it's going to make sense to still employ that. Now, what they end up doing then is they end up having what I'll, what I'll call wingbacks, the outside guys on that five midfield. But you might e also easily call it a five-man backfield with wingers who, with wingbacks who just are going to constantly be screaming up the field. So who's good, in my opinion? It's obviously Sebastian Jivienko, but I want to make sure it's clear. One of the reasons he gets the space he gets is because you got uh, those wide players who end up drawing players to the outside. You've got Michael Bradley who sits deep. Uh, their midfielders tend to fold to the outside and provide a little bit of back and forth interlace with those wing backs. And what that does is creates a ton of space in the center of the field for Josie Altador and um, Sebastian Jovinko to um, make runs, uh, have space, decide what they're going to do next. I think that's the key to that strategy. Now, um, well, yeah, I mean, we can talk about what Minnesota can do here in a moment, but honestly, Minnesota, their best counter to that is to do the thing that they probably do best and probably stay central, uh, isolate Sebastian Javinko up top uh, by uh, covering, the, covering the wings flatly with the backs, but also keeping congested midfield so that they don't have that space in which to operate. How's that for an answer? He fell asleep. All right. Sure. Tactical. I mean, I, I guess. I could guess. do some of those things. It's better when I have a chalkboard. I wish that I, we need to start a video podcast yeah, so people that can would, see that my might, chalkboarding. That yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, the only other person I would talk about. Um, Betasher? Betasher. I, I really. Betasher is one of the guys who pushes up. I like Betasher so much. Oh, absolutely. So, so much. Um, but Clint Irwin, who is actually uh, exposed to uh, the uh, measles. Expansion draft. Expa yeah, expansion draft. And we did not select him. Um, he, you know, forced we were waiting out of the for Bobby Shuttlecock. To I, uh, <laughs> God damn it! I actually really, I was, I was a big fan of Clint Irwin at the time, and I still am. Um, he was forced out of the Rapids after they signed Clint Howard, and then they brought in Zach McMath, uh, the McMath elites per Wes. Um, one thing I would note about Clint Irwin. Uh, he was an All-America selection and National Player of the Year in the National Christian School Athletic Association. So good really? on you. Good on you, Clint Irwin. So what should Minnesota do against Toronto? David Martin. Well, so, so I've already expressed separately that I, I think Minnesota is better uh, fit when it plays centrally. Uh, I still agree with that. I also believe that the, the way in which they play, um, that Toronto plays wide, um, I think it entices and it purposely entices people to va evacuate the, the center of the field to chase after all these wide-going players. I think that we need to, to some degree resist that urge, and, and, and here's my thought. You have to make a choice. Are you going to give up that wide space for them to be firing crosses in, or are you going to give up space in the middle for Javinko and Altidore to operate? You're going to have more success sticking in the middle, congesting the midfield, congesting it up top so that Javinko and Altidore have a hard time, and you give the space to the guys wide to put in those crosses. You might have to absorb a handful of crosses. And honestly, that may not be exactly Minnesota's strength. But Altador and Javinko are dangerous, and we probably don't have the actual talent to combat that if we take them on one-on-one -on -one and stuff like that. So I, I think tactically we just need to make things cluttered in the field, allow them to take the wings, and kind of put those crosses in and, and, and assume that's the lesser of all evils. Honestly, I, I, I think we're outmatched. Uh, huh? Toronto's got the skill, and I think that they've got the strategy that, that is, overcomes what strengths we do have. That's fair. I think I, I kind of agree with you on most of that. And then I also, but I also am like, that's where we counter. Um, we let, we let Deneva, Davis and Venegas or whomever's on the left and right back uh, pinch in, let those crosses come in. But I think that gives us the opportunity to, as you've mentioned several times, like work down the spine um, and, you know, push the ball out and uh, counterattack, which I know uh, Heath is not a huge fan of counterattacking football. I mean, mo he's mostly about trying to contain possession and all that, which I appreciate and understand. And I think sometimes he's going to need to um, 
amend his tactics and hopefully he's this is like an opportunity for him to like see that I think you're right I think they're going to probably contain possession and, and bully possession and I think hopefully we can figure out that we don't necessarily need to have possession like you know the, the bulk of the time and, and like get it back mm -hmm. so may need to counterattack against a team like uh, Toronto yeah um, so uh, we're going to move right into picks or it didn't happen this week brought to you by Muffin Tops Top of the muffin to you. Zeller, who do you got? I got Minnesota United 3, Toronto 2. What? Although, now actually. Goddamn stupid pick. Now I'm, now I'm actually, now that my wife mentioned the Fibonacci sequence, I'm going to say Minnesota <laughs> United 5, Toronto 5. Okay, I am going to avoid the Fettuccine sequence. Fibonacci. Uh, Minnesota, no. Minnesota Fibonacci, United 0. The Fibonacci, it's, it's the Fibonacci sequence. Say it right. Everyone I talk to is really impressed by that name. Um, Say it right. Minnesota United 0, Toronto 2. Uh, I think we're outmatched. Um, I think they, we don't have the talent to stop. Even with the tactics, which were my recommended tactics, I, I, I don't think we have the talent to stop someone like Javinko. I uh, remember it's a preseason game, too. It, things get wonky. You mess around with players. You're sub-10 guys in at some random moment. So, it's uh, you know, that can come into play, too. But um, – we don't have the firepower. I'm sorry. Right. So what's the we we need to figure out eventually here what our the bet is for whoever is in the lead at the end. Well, I mentioned you running naked through the streets. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Not like on a weekly basis. Like at, at the at a year end. I as a reminder to our listeners, our goal is then to have a running tally of MLS results, which we've called. Yeah. And have a sort of year end. He got 150 but right, and I got. I can't ever right. get ar arrested. Can't ever or care not to it would get them right then i work harder on your picks and your problem you running through the streets of uh, st paul naked is different than me running through the streets of prior lake naked and let's say that well, yeah never no one's ever gonna see you running the streets of prior lake prior lake naked that is fair all right this has been picks or it didn't happen <laughs> brought to you by muffin tops top of the muffin to you i don't know what accent that was let's move into the closing stuff uh um we're going to move into Indulge Your Fantasy. Uh, if you didn't know it, we have a fantasy league set up. All you need to do is go to fantasy.mlssoccer.com. Join the league called The Daves I Know. That's the name of this podcast. It's the name of the league. The join code is, and I'll let you scramble to get a pen and all that kind of stuff. The code to join is 993 Four seven zero, and my God, we are really talking about prizes. You can win fifty dollars in what we call target allocation money. That's a target gift card. If you come out on top at the end of the year, please, please, please join our fantasy league. We would love to rub our intelligence in your face. Actual fucking money. You're gonna win actual fucking money, guys. That's right. It's from all of our sponsors. Yeah, we are, we are a wealthy. From all podcast. of our sponsors. We have yes, very, all of them. You well, you hear wealthy, them each week. <laughs> wealthy sponsors <laughs> like Muffin Tops. Yeah, Muffin Tops. They're giving it. We they're have, giving it <laughs> at least five bucks into that. At least five. Into that shit. We have a new game this week. Last week we had a feature that was called Soccer, a movie, where we asked you to come up with a clever movie related to soccer. Our winner this week was Colin Solberg, that rat bastard who suggested you, Colin Debbie does FC Dallas, which was perfect. Surprising coming from a person of such low intellect, but um, Colin Solberg, you will get $100,000 in TAM. You can expect that to arrive via Twitter. This week, we've got a brand new contest. This week, many of you know, if you go to our website, by the way, host a satire website called davesiknow.com. It's all jokey jokes. If you go there, there's actually a careers tab, and it always amuses me to see how many people click on the uh, careers tab. I don't know what they're expecting to find there. There are no careers, but they go there, and I laugh at them for doing that. But just this week, we have a special, special game for you to play. Go to davesiknow.com. Go to that careers tab, and I have actually included there a link. You can click on that link, and you can fill out an application to be a part of the Dave's I Know family. You don't even have to be named Dave. There are only six questions you need to answer. One of the questions is, what is your name? So it's a very short application, I promise you. And after the end of this week, the best application will win $100,000 in targeted allocation money. Don't confuse that with target allocation money, which is a gift card. This is targeted allocation money, which is imaginary. Go there, fill out an application. If you give us the best application, we'll give you a job. Hell, if you're funny enough, we'll even let you write a satire article. It's a fun, fun game. We'll share it on Twitter as well. I promise you it will be worth your while. Dave, why don't you send us out? So good. So good. Uh, Davesiknow.com. That's where we live. 
guys. That's where we make our bread and butter, and we do not make any bread or butter there. Uh, that's where we just do the fun stuff that we like to do. Uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Follow us. Tweet at us. Do all the fun stuff at us. Uh, you can email us questions or you know thoughts or whatever at the days I know at gmail.com. Uh, we also are, are on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Dave's I know I will. That's still, that site is still under construction. Our I'm social still, manager isn't on top of that. I'm really terrible at that. I'm just really bad at that. Uh, you can get the pod on Stitcher. Tune in SoundCloud coming soon. Still, I'm reaching out to iTunes and Google play and, uh, Spotify actually, as a matter of fact, Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Texas Zeller on Twitter. You can follow uh, the other David uh, Martin at at offensive underscore loons. And that's uh, that's pretty much it, man. That's awesome. Yeah. We are the Daves you know. This was the Daves I know. Thanks. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.